Hello and welcome to the Iron Soldier podcast. I am so excited for today's conversations, uh, but let me first uh, introduce myself and uh, explain why I think I'm sitting here in this uh, in this seat. Uh, my name is uh, First Lieutenant Scott Klein. I am actually originally from Chicago. I'm a mobilized Army reservist here on Fort Bliss, and I've been engaged in Operation Ironclad, which we'll certainly talk about in the midst of our conversations today, uh, for the past many months. And in that capacity, I've been fortunate to meet some amazing soldiers, some amazing resources. And uh, coming here to Fort Bliss, I have been blown away by all uh, all that is possible on this installation between the units, the uh, the resources as an installation, of course, the greater El Paso uh, community. So we know that many of our listeners are soldiers, family members, civilians on Fort Bliss. We certainly want to make you aware of the vastness and diversity of Team Bliss. But as this conversation will be public, we know that there are many proud Team Bliss members for life, folks that have served here at one point or another, um, as well as family members who would love to learn a little bit more about uh, life for their soldier on Fort Bliss. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, about what goes on over here. Fort Bliss has been home to units winning America's battles since 1849, and that drives us to further cement our role in history for generations to come. We're the leading power projection platform for our joint force with training capabilities that allow us to fire all weapon systems from pistol to missile. Our organizations are combat ready, lethal, and focused on winning wherever we are called on to serve. And that is because of the people that I have here across from me um, in uh, in this room. And uh, before we get started, a shout out to our amazing friends uh, at uh, Fort Bliss uh, MWR who are hosting uh, this conversation here today. Strongly encourage everybody to learn more about uh, Team Bliss's amazing MWR program programs that are powering so much of, of our uh, soldiers, family members, and civilians, uh, and more to follow on that in the midst of our conversations. But now on to the show. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by two amazing uh, leaders, two amazing soldiers here on Fort Bliss. We're going to start with uh, with Major Ricky Warren, who I've gotten to know over the past many months, and you uh, have many letters after your name, sir. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your background in a moment, but uh, first of all, welcome to the program. Well, thank thank you for having me. Absolutely, it's a lot of fun. So let's. I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Tell us a little bit about your uh, personal background and where you're from. Sure. Yeah, I'm from Chicago as well. So uh, yeah, windy city all all around. But, Go Cubs. Uh, yep. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Northsider. <laughs> But uh, physical therapist by training, so I've uh, been a physical therapist now 13 years, and uh, got here at Fort Bliss about a year and a half ago. And uh, in this capacity, I serve as the uh, Division Holistic Health and Fitness Coordinator. Wow. Well, uh, I'm excited to unpack that holistic, uh, holistic health and fitness. Um, I've been fortunate to actually come to some of your programs and blown away by something that I don't think anybody's seen anything like this in the army. Um, and it's, it's really great, great things, but, uh, your rival on Fort Bliss, you've been here for about a year and a half, as you said, uh, what's your impression so far? Are you having fun here? Oh, it's a great installation. Yep. I think it's a hidden gem that a lot of soldiers don't know about and hopefully can share a little bit of the, the, the those things that uh, you know that may not uh, become apparent, apparent right away. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So um, the Holistic Fitness Program. Um, I know Fort Bliss, we are very lucky because we are one of the uh, pilot programs over here. Um, and there are many uh, folks that are around different brigades across Fort Bliss that are implementing these programs, even in the midst of uh, OAW. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what is the history of the Army's Holistic Fitness Program? Sure, yeah. The, the genesis here in the Army is really out of the Special Operations Community. So uh, with Thor 3 and the Ranger Athlete Warrior Program, uh, those smaller communities really found the success of having or embedding human performance professionals. So physical therapists, strength coaches, uh, occupational therapists, having those resources close to the soldiers uh, has shown reduced injury rates, uh, improved performance, and overall uh, better mission accomplishment. Uh, so that's really where the conventional army decided that we need a similar resource. And that is kind of where holistic health and fitness, uh, its roots are. So are you saying that um, the goal is not uh, just to make sure that you're not broken when you come out of the Army, that you could actually be perhaps a little bit better, uh, both uh, perhaps mentally and physically when you come out of the Army? No, absolutely. That's, that's the vision is that we empower soldiers with training and education. So they're not only ready uh, for the current mission, but they're a soldier for life. And hopefully they're in a better uh, state of health and fitness when they leave the military service. And how personally did you learn about the program? I know you have your uh, your uh, your a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, this must be music to your ears over here, but when did you first hear that those three letters of H2F? Uh, it's about 2017, 2018, they started doing some pilots. Um, I know the ACFT was starting to become a thing, and they, they realized that you can't just implement this more rigorous uh, fitness test. You actually need to kind of give uh, resources with that. And I think those two paired well together that, um, yes, it's a more comprehensive test of soldier uh, fitness, uh, but actually having professionals train soldiers to, to do better at it, um, all, the, all the techniques needed, um, that's when I first heard about it. Wow. So let's get into the details over here. Holistic fitness. Uh, again, if somebody were to uh, to go over to, uh, let's say, uh, First Brigade uh, here on here on Fort Bliss uh, on morning PT, uh, some days they may actually see something very different than I always uh, affectionately refer to it as the stretchy bendy square. Um, it's uh, something a little bit different and, and some really, really strategic and proactive uh, steps. So I really Obviously, we're having this conversation. We're probably not going to jump up and start doing uh, holistic fitness in the studio over here. Mm -hmm. But uh, walk us through what it looks like. Sure. Yeah. So, so first, yeah, holistic is kind of what to define that is five domains. So everyone thinks of the physical domain, which we're going to talk about in morning PT. That's what's most apparent. Uh, but there's sleep, uh, there's spiritual, uh, there's nutritional, and there's mental uh, readiness. And those are all five readiness domains. So uh, what you what you're going to see uh, first off is going to be uh, a non-standard formation. Uh, you're not going to just uh, you know do a four count movements. There's actually a purpose behind the movements, and there are a lot of um, what you might see in high school. You know what you did in sports, um, very similar. Uh, some more uh, kind of calisthenic kind of movements, um, some more rhythmic type movements, and there's a purpose behind all of those. And it's really to train the body for what we want soldiers to do, which is run, jump, carry heavy weights, move over objects, so forth. So um, yeah, the, the exercises look different, and um, and then probably the next big thing is there's a strength component. Um, we actually have gym in a box 
resources now, which is a great resource the Army provided, uh, at least one per company. Some some have more. Um, but um, strength training, you know, that's something that uh, Army soldiers haven't necessarily done a lot. Uh, very common uh, in high school, high school sports, very common in collegiate sports, uh, but up until recently, not a very uh, known or, or, or used thing um, here in the military. So uh, that's probably second biggest change. And then lastly, uh, adding the holistic portion is that at the end of that 60 to 90 minute PT session is a discussion, a small group discussion for 10 or 15 minutes about one of the other four domains. So we got the physical domain and then we have the four non-physical domains. And the ideal state is that uh, the strength coaches, the athletic trainer, or maybe the PT or OT comes out and talks to the soldiers about um, nutrition or about sleep and the importance of it and how that's really your foundation uh, to be able to perform and uh, be, um, you know, do well in the ACFT and the, and the things we typically uh, would expect of soldiers. And as you're uh, as you're talking, and again, I'm having a conversation with Major uh, Rick Warren, who's the Division Holistic Fitness Coordinator. Um, as you're talking, I'm remembering my uh, time in basic training a couple of years ago, where drill sergeants shouting in my ear, "Hold your cup to your chest," <laughs> and I'm and I remember thinking how crazy that was, but it was actually there was a purpose behind it. It was actually, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, intended to uh, to teach you how to hold a hand grenade. And um, there is a purpose behind things. And I love that uh, this holistic fitness program is actually uh, really uh, practical and actually focused on trying to, as you said, uh, leave soldiers in a better place than we than we found them and teach them not only on the physical side, but also on the uh, on the overall resiliency, um, which includes that uh, that that the spiritual um, sleep. We talked about a couple of those areas. So who are leading who's leading these efforts across Fort Bliss and perhaps the Army as a whole? Yeah, so the CIMT, so the Center for Initial Military Training, which is a two-star command under TRADOC, they are the proponent for the holistic health and fitness system. Uh, so with that, uh, they've launched 18 brigades, uh, brigade teams in 2021, uh, which is what each, or which Fort Bliss has, and then they're going to launch 10 brigades per year for the next 10 years. Uh, so in the end state, roughly 110 brigades will be fielded with the H2F system. And when we say the system, most people think of the personnel, uh, which are the strength coaches and the rehab professionals. Uh, but it's also the equipment, it's the facilities, um, and it's the programming um, that kind of make it a, an entire system. Um, and then behind the scenes, it's also kind of the um, professional military education. So every PME course has a component of H2F where soldiers who go um, to AIT will, will receive H2F training in that PME so that when they come to the formation, that H2F is not as foreign, foreign of a concept as it may be right now uh, to some of our listeners. So certainly uh, somebody that uh, may have retired from the Army a couple of years ago, maybe you served on Fort Bliss. Um, again, if you are walking into a uh, PT formation um, in uh, 2021, 2022, uh, it may be unrecognizable. And that's a good thing um, because we are evolving um, and uh, utilizing those uh, strength, co strength coaches, um, these professionals that I know the training is pretty intense. So I don't want to talk about that um, because they're bringing a lot of expertise to uh to the soldiers um, on on Fort Bliss. Uh, so, what is involved in becoming a holistic fitness instructor? Um, tell us a little bit about your training. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm a, like I said, a physical therapist. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about being in the seat um, in the H2F seat is really 10 years on the back end of kind of hearing a very similar story from soldiers on, you know, why their knee may hurt, why their back may hurt and just kind of really tracing it back. And there's a common thread and in, in, in physical training or really the uh, improper uh, dosage or use of physical training. Uh, there was a common training error. So being ahead of that, trying to get left of the bang or left of an injury and actually incorporate proper training, evidence-based training uh, that can prevent many of these injuries that a physical therapist or other medical provider may see. Um, I think that's, you know, that's why I'm so excited about the H2F system. Um, but but at the end of the day, yeah, the professionals are, are strength coaches. That's probably one that's most recognizable. Um, most of them come from the collegiate side. So they worked with, you know, some of these are UCLA football team. You know, they came from there. Uh, they came from the Alabama football program as well. So really knowledgeable individuals that have minimally um, a bachelor's degree in some type of exercise science. But many of these are master's degrees and graduate level uh, professionals that, you know, I think we're just blessed to have so many smart people uh, in this new realm that we call human performance. Uh, which it, it might be, again, a foreign concept, but it's a very fast and growing field, um, as we say, people first. And that, that aligns perfectly with, with human performance because that is your professional to uh, make everyone the best version of themselves. So we know about the instructors. We know about um, what the program actually looks like. Um, but I mentioned in the show intro, I used that term ironclad, which is a... Uh, a concept that is familiar to leaders and soldiers on Fort Bliss. So how does the H2F program fit into Operation Ironclad? Why why now is this important in line with uh, the commanding general's uh, uh, highest priority initiative? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to give you one example of how we've nested. Uh, so is the resiliency screen, uh, basically a concept of how do we understand who we have coming into our formations? You know, how do we get to know them, know their special needs they may have, and then proactively align uh, services to those needs? Uh, so the H2F team has many coaches, counselors, mentors in its formations who are perfect to kind of sit across the soldier one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, and just ask them, how are they doing? You know, how would you rate your you know, health and wellness right now? Are you, you know, are you very happy with it or not happy? And if you're not happy, um, are you interested in receiving some services that might uh, make you a better version of yourself, like I said earlier? Um, so that's just one example of how uh, H2F nests with Ironclad is just to ensure that we take care of the soldiers uh, that, are, that are in our formations. That's huge. And in terms of uh, leadership, again, I know that uh, Fort Bliss is a pilot together with a couple of other installations and really uh, pushing out the H2F program. And hopefully over the coming years across the Army, um, we'll see uh, we'll see this. And I love that it's being pushed through the uh, through the professional military education, the PME. Um, so we will see it sprinkled throughout the Army very quickly. But have you seen, um, from your vantage point, uh, leaders participating and uh, pushing uh, the H2F uh, resources. No, absolutely. And, and with a program like this in its um, early stages, that leader buy-in is, is absolutely essential. Um, so if, you know, if, if leaders, if it's a priority for leaders, it's going to be a priority for the, for the soldiers. And absolutely, we've had great support. Um, you know, one of the brigades, I, I was just down there uh, last month and they did uh, the brigade CSM had a, had a brigade, um, had a battalion and company uh, first sergeant kind of um, uh, leader uh, PT with, with the team. So they, they did a good session uh, with the strength 
strength coaches, and then they came back. They had a guest speaker talk about resilience and uh, why the H2F team is important, and then kind of just had a good leader huddle and lunch within the H2F facility. So kind of made it a, almost a, a full day event within the facility of H2F, but bringing the leaders in, you know, participating in the activity, but then talking about some of the other non-physical attributes, uh, I think was a great example of uh, the leader buy-in that we've received so far here across Fort Bliss. It was a healthy lunch, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is great. And um, I, what I what I found interesting and what I loved was um, when I came to, uh, to one of the PT sessions, um, there were some areas where I was perhaps a little bit stronger, but then there were some areas where I was a little bit less coordinated. And it wasn't everybody needs to look the same and everybody needs to be in exactly the same same step and same motion. As soon as I started sort of falling out and needed a little bit extra help, uh, somebody came over to me and said, you know, hey, here's, here's how we're going to here's how you need to do this exercise the right way um, in a way that will avoid injuries in a way that will actually help you improve. And I love that. So on that note, what's in it for me as a soldier on Fort Bliss? Why should I care about H2F? No, absolutely. I think um, I think every person wants to be, you know, to feel good, uh, to perform well at work, to be a good husband, father, uh, son, brother. You know, they want everyone wants to do that um, but sometimes they may have barriers or they might have um, you know something that's preventing them from being the best version of themselves and they may not know what that is um, but you know, talking with some of these professionals that are that are holistic. You know, it's not just physical; they're they're across the spectrum. Uh, just sitting down and talking with them, they can quickly identify a potential area that, like, oh, you know, this is why. Um, you know, your, your sleep. You know, you, you realize that you're just not having enough opportunity to sleep, or you're having opportunities, but really, you know, your sleep hygiene is is not as good as it could be. And if you make this one change, you could sleep, um, get an extra hour of sleep, and that extra hour of sleep can make you know a world of difference in all the daily activities. Activities you do, and just that little bit of a tip uh, can can make a big difference in a soldier's life. So I think that's why you know H two F, uh, or why it's important to you or as a soldier is that um, just make you function and be a better version of yourself. Awesome. And it's not every day that we have a uh, physical therapist here on uh, on the Iron Soldier podcast. So I have to ask both in uh, with with your knowledge um, as well as your role as the uh, division H two F coordinator. Uh, what's that one homework assignment that you want our listeners to put in? practice in their lives, maybe that they can share with a family member, something that they can do to, again, put something into action immediately. No, sure. I would, I would say, you know, for the soldiers, if they haven't participated in an H2F session, I'd say that'd be the number one thing to do. Go out there in the morning. You know, we're as soldiers required to do it anyway, 6:30 to 7:30 minimum. Um, go out there and participate. You know, work with the H2F team, with the strength coaches. Get that uh, non-physical training at the end, because I think this is something you got to participate, touch, feel uh, to really understand it. Uh, and then for the family members, I would say, you know, come to. Um, we're starting to have more of a, kind of a, a group classes. So, uh, for instance. In or a nutrition class where we're, you know, we're going to teach it to the soldiers, but family members are invited to come. And I'd say, again, just participate uh, because we know if the family's educated on these topics, that that makes a stronger soldier uh, on the home front. And I mentioned this earlier, but um, H2F has really uh, had its uh, its ripple effect across Fort Bliss. And right now, uh, I know many of our listeners are aware of the uh, the very substantial role that, that we are playing in Operation Allied Welcome. And, um, and I know we 
we've got an entire brigade that's involved and, and doing amazing, amazing work. But that doesn't mean just because they are focused on their mission that, uh, that they are away from holistic fitness. Uh, my understanding is that you've, uh, you've expanded some resources out to Donna Anna Village. Is that correct? No, absolutely. And I think that's, that's a great example where um, we always, Army's always going to have missions, soldiers are always going to go. But this is, that's what kind of makes one of the uh, unique things about H2F is that it goes forward with the soldier. Uh, so we're always worried about maintaining and sustaining our equipment, but we need to look at, you know, the most important weapon system really being the individual soldier. So bring in the sustainment um, assets, which is, you know, the H2F team with, with the soldier. And that's exactly what happened at OAW. Right now we have um, physical therapy set up there, occupational therapy for some mental readiness. Uh, the nutrition team's been working on the DFAC menu to try to make it a more nutritious. And now the strength coaches are actually going out there with uh, the gym in a box to offer the same type of service that we would here uh, in Garrison out there twice a week, or sorry, twice a day, uh, five days a week. Um, so again, you know, we, we got to maintain that soldier. They're, they're the most important. If they, you know, get tired or, you know, worn out, then the mission's going to slow down. So we got to do, send all the resources forward and invest in that individual soldier. Amazing, amazing. I've learned so much in our conversation. As we come to a conclusion over here, I have to ask, outside of H2F, what's that one hidden gem of a resource that more people should learn about on Fort Bliss? Well, it's actually where we're going to host our, uh, our, our uh, first CR2C Health and Wellness Working Group meeting this afternoon, and that's the MWR uh, Soldier Activity Center. Uh, so you haven't been there, you got a great 30-foot uh, rock climbing wall, got the, I think, one of the only high ropes, uh, indoor high ropes course uh, across the DOD, uh, but a great, a great facility. If you haven't been there, definitely do the Soldier Activity Center. Check it out. Okay, well, I know all of our listeners are, uh, are excited. They're probably uh, fired up and probably uh, changing into their PTs right now because they want to <laughs> participate in an H2F program. Uh, they probably also want to participate in that rock climbing at the Soldier Activity Center for sure. Um, but how can people uh, learn more, get in touch with you? Where should they uh, Where should they go if they want to uh, get their H2F journey started? Absolutely. So always can reach out to me. So I'll, you know, I'll put my email uh, out there, ricky.l, as in Lima Warren, uh, 8 at, at army.mil. Uh, I know it'll be in the show notes as well. Um, and then if you didn't want to reach out to me, every brigade in 1st Armored Division has a, a H2F facility uh, in their footprint. So I definitely would go down there to their facility, talk to the to the um, program director who runs that brigade program. And uh, many of these uh, programs have QR codes with all the resources, all the classes they offer. So get down there, check out the facility, uh, snap a QR code, see what you're interested in in different classes and, um, and just start partaking in them. Well, thank you very much, Major. Ricky Warren, I appreciate you uh, coming on the uh, coming on the show, sharing your expertise with our listeners, and we'll definitely spread the word about H2F, and I know that this is something we'll be seeing a lot more of. So again, thank you. And as we continue our conversation, it is all about uh, highlighting the diversity of Fort Bliss resources and, and people making a difference. And one of the things that we did um, and that we will be doing in all of our subsequent shows is reaching out to units uh, across Fort Bliss to, uh, to ask um, who in your unit is highlighting the uh, the values of uh, of Operation Ironclad, and the name that just kept coming up is Sergeant Pollyanna Tanavosa, and I am so excited to uh, have you on the program, Sergeant. Thank you so much. Um, welcome. Huh. Thanks for having me, sir. Oh, it's uh, it's exciting to have you. And and again, I know that you uh, you certainly know a thing or two about Ironclad, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but as I mentioned in the show intro. Uh, 
Fort Bliss is vast. Team Bliss is diverse. And there's all sorts of different unit patches um, and all sorts of different uh, MOSs across, across Fort Bliss. And you are a perfect example of that. But uh, as I did earlier, I would love to learn a little bit more about you, Sergeant. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, sir. Um, so my name is Sergeant Pollyanna Tanuvasa. I am a religious affairs NCO at Fifth Armor Brigade. Um, so like you said, there's vast organizations on the installation. So one thing that's... Uh, that makes us stand out just like FBMB is that we're a multi-component organization. We also have our enterprise partners and obviously we play a role in our MFGI here at Fort Bliss. So. And I am also Compo 3, sir. I know, I know. And, you know, this is uh, this is exciting to uh, profile uh, profile uh, Army Reserve. And, of course, we'll have National Guard soldiers on the program as well. And I know that uh, the uh, the triangle of, uh, of 1 AD is is very, very prominent. But uh, we, we, we're going to we're going to have so much fun with the uh, with these episodes. So, uh, Sergeant Tanavasa, so you, uh, again, were nominated by your leadership um, as uh, really you were the first name that came to mind of, uh, of, of a soldier that's uh, following the ideals of Operation Ironclad. So sort of an interesting question for you. Why do you think you were nominated? What have you done? Why, 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 why does Ironclad speak to you? Ooh, I didn't even know it was like a, I was nominated, sir. Um, but probably because of the role that uh, specifically the Fifth Armed Brigade Unit Ministry Team has in Operation Ironclad. Um, obviously, it's leader-led, um, but we've been going around and having conversations along with our Sharp and EO teams with all of our uh, task forces that are here on post, sir. Absolutely. And I want to talk about Fifth Armor Brigade because uh, I love your team. Um, amazing, amazing soldiers. Uh, helping to prepare, as you said, that MFGI, the, the Mobilization Force Generation Installation, Fort Bliss is a leader across the Army, across the Department of Defense. And it's really because of the soldiers of 5th Armor Brigade that that's possible, that soldiers are ready for any mission uh, that the nation calls them uh, to. So tell us about 5th uh, Armor Brigade and, um, and what your team does uh, for those that aren't uh, more aware. Um, so in a nutshell, sir, 5th Armed Brigade trains Compo 2 and 3, which is the uh, Army National Guard and Army Reserve, uh, to deploy overseas. So we have five task forces here specifically for each combat uh, MOS. And um, basically what makes our unit unique is, of course, you know, we have Compo 1, 2, and 3, uh, but what better way for them to receive the training than from the actual experts? But then when you also integrate Compo 2 and 3, which is our clientele, so to speak, um, I think that really makes our training that much more better here at Fort Bliss and also Fort Hood, the other MFGI, sir. Absolutely. You have the best customers um, in the in the world, I will say that. That's for sure. Um, you are exposed to just amazing people, uh, again, uh, answering the call. Uh, and... Uh, I want to hear a little bit more about your story, Sergeant. I can't. I can't get past that. Um, you are, as you said, an Army Reserve soldier. Um, I know you've. Uh, you can't say goodbye to Fort Bliss. You love it so much, and um, so I want to talk about that. I know you've sure. been on a couple of different missions over here. Um, where are you from, and uh, and and when did you initially come uh, arrive on on Fort Bliss? 
so I was born in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, sir, while my dad was a drill sergeant. So I am an Army brat. I only spent a year there, and then my dad got orders to the National Training Center, Fort Irwin. So that is literally my hometown. I'm from the Mojave Desert. Um, I came to Fort Bliss in 2019 with the Fort Bliss Mobilization Brigade. And then, like you said, I, I love Fort Bliss so much. I've been here for almost three years, and I just kept remobilizing. And this is my second year with Fifth Armed Brigade as an OCT. That is absolutely <laughs> awesome. So going back to your story um, in, in the interest of highlighting uh, the diversity of the installation, um, why did you why did you join the Army initially? What was What's your Army story? I know you're an Army brat, and I mean that in the most positive of ways. Um, why, why did you take that, that step and take the oath? Absolutely, sir. If I could be totally honest, my dad told me to. <laughs> um, when I left for college, my dad actually signed me up for ROTC at my university. Had no clue what it was. Um, about a year and a half in, my dad encouraged me to enlist so that I could become a better officer. So I was an obedient daughter and I did it. And I'm happy that I did. Um, I've met a lot of people through the military. I've had a lot of experiences to include traveling overseas a couple times. Um, but I just overall love the camaraderie and everything within the military, honestly. And your MOS is a 56 Mike, um, which for those that aren't aware, it's a uh, religious affairs, religious affairs NCO. And especially in your unit, uh, your position is very important. We've talked about it earlier in this show. We've talked about the spiritual piece of things, um, but you are there for, for soldiers, um, if, certainly as a unit, but also I know in, in, in partnership with uh, our chaplain and, mm -hmm. and our religious affairs NCOs from the uh, from the Fort Bliss Mobilization Brigade, you're there uh, helping uh, soldiers that are preparing or returning from uh, deployments. So why did you uh, why did you become a religious affairs NCO? Honestly, sir, that was the only MOS that I actually liked from all of the MOSs that my recruiter showed me. That was the one that stood out to me. Fifty six, Mike. <laughs> well, it's uh, you certainly spent more time at Fort Jackson. That sounds like right. Yes, sir. <laughs> But um, what do you do uh, on a daily basis? Uh, so, of course, being part of 5th Armed Brigade, we OCT, but we also provide religious support, advise commander. Uh, what makes us unique um, as far as from any other position that I've had with the unit ministry team is that we not only provide for our own unit, but we also provide for the rotational training units. When they come, a lot of times, if they're not a battalion or above, they don't have a UMT or they don't have a chaplain. So uh, like you said, sir, 5th Armed Brigade, as well as Fort Bliss Mobilization Brigade, they have to cover down uh, when it comes to the soldiers preparing to deploy. So, you know, sometimes the chaplains will get a call in the middle of the night and they have to go out to McGregor to answer that call. Um, and then, of course, ours is unique because we're multi-component. So we do have uh, 10 task forces that are here at Fort Bliss. Five of them are active duty. Five are Compo 2 or Compo 3 reserve, uh, mobilized here for a year. But then we also have five off-site task forces, and we are their UMT. So we have to make time to not only take care of the RTUs, our own task forces that are here, but also the ones that we have in the other four states. <laughs> Sounds like a very busy <laughs> job and something a little bit unique about your role uh, in unit ministry is uh, unlike uh, many other 
56 mics and chaplains that might be out there where they are uh, are ministering to their uh, just to their unit you have a uh, you have a rotational uh, crew that comes through so you might meet somebody one week and they're gone the next week and then another crew comes through mm-hmm. so how's that been I'm sure you've met some amazing people um, I've met a lot of amazing people I've also been reunited with quite a few people that I actually deployed with in the past um, but I think that's another thing that's uh, unique about our mission set is that not only do we do what a regular unit ministry team does but we also OCT uh, the battalions and brigades that come through with unit ministry teams we have to OCT them uh, making sure that they're trained up according to their commander's medal and uh, making sure that we're training them according to force comms battle focus tasks and uh, to demystify that acronym that uh, you've used OCT observe control and train um, so you are uh, making sure that uh, the folks are ready for their missions is that right yes absolutely sir and they actually changed it it's observer coach trainer sir thank you thank you very much I'm learning uh, something new in this uh, in this podcast which is really uh, helpful um, so switching gears for a moment to Operation Ironclad um, one of the things that I certainly have been advocating since I stepped into uh, my role involved as a project officer for Operation Ironclad is that um, many in fact even most of the uh, the folks that are coming through are not permanently assigned to to Fort Bliss or First Armored Division, but it's actually, um, you know, a lot of, as I always say, walking through Freedom Crossing and Fort Bliss, you see a lot of unit patches. You see a lot of different units coming through. And again, Fifth Armor has a front row seat. So what does Operation Ironclad mean to you as a soldier on Fort Bliss? Um, as a soldier on Fort Bliss, Operation Ironclad to me means creating that engaged and entrusted leadership. Um, when we talk about people first, actually placing our people first, um, like he said before, uh, you know, making sure that we have that leader buy-in. Um, I think it's very important that if the leaders are following what it is that the Operation Ironclad initiative is is meant to uh come to fruition, then I think the soldiers will have that uh, buy-in as well. And like you said, seeing all these patches, you know, all over the post, especially at Freedom Crossing, I love it because that's me. Um, when I'm not mobilized here, I'm a reservist. So I think what's unique about Operation Ironclad here at Fort Bliss is we, Fort um, Fifth Armored Brigade, as well as FBMB, we have to be able to be creative in making sure that the RTUs, uh, the rotational training units that are only here for like one, two, maybe three weeks, that they are understanding Operation Ironclad as well, because at their home station, they probably don't receive um, what we do here as far as being a soldier every day, uh, 24-7, 365. Absolutely. It's a huge <clears throat> responsibility, and thank you for taking that so seriously. So have you seen a difference? You've been here now for, mm-hmm. uh, for about three years. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a difference? Um, in the unit and just the soldiers that you've come across since Operation Ironclad uh, was introduced? I can honestly say yes, sir. I think that um, we definitely are a more leader-focused as far as our initiative at Fifth Arm Brigade. Uh, Colonel Moyes is all about it. Um, He's constantly trying to figure out different ways that we can not only take care of our soldiers, but also the RTUs. He is always pinging us to take care of our RTUs because they're the ones that are about to deploy in harm's way. Um, So I think that's very important for us to understand, to be able to speak their language, so to speak, whether it be because of the different component or um, even their background. And of course, dealing with Compo 2 Army National Guard, there's certain things that only applies to them in their state. 
Um, so I, I think that it's really important um, to be able to be creative. Um, and that's why I really appreciate General Bernabe and the Forge being able to get that buy-in, not only from the soldiers and leaders, but you know we also push this out to the RTU. So obviously, if they have any ideas or things that they might be doing that's not necessarily titled Operation Ironclad, that maybe we can apply and implement over here and make the next RTU um, even better. Absolutely. And the uh, the theme that I'm hearing from you is that, you know, we are ironclad. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what unit you're assigned to, um, we all uh, step up because, again, it's part of that uh, people first priority. Mm -hmm. And that is a priority for everybody at all mm -hmm. ranks, at all MOSs, um, all components. That's something that needs to be a priority to uh, to everybody. So I, I want to give the uh, the last word over to you. Are there any any things that you'd like to see more of on, on Fort Bliss or any ideas? You mentioned the forges and example um, anything that, that you've seen that you want to share with our listeners um, if I could share anything I would just say uh, if you have an idea to share it um, you know we have that QR code that's floating around for the forge submit your ideas one thing that we always say whenever we go down to our task forces is um, our commander loves hearing uh, creative ideas. It doesn't matter what rank you are, he wants to hear from you and you have a seat at the table. And I think that's the same thing that General Bernabe is trying to create here on the installation. And so a lot of times I think maybe uh, more so on the lower enlisted side of the house that you know it's, it's easy to complain and it's easy to blame somebody else because all of us have bosses um, within the military, but you know, now he's asking for our help and we should give it. I know that we have a lot of creative people out there and we have technology that could be on our side to be able to reach other people like this podcast that we have going on right now. So I would just say to just share your thoughts, uh, even feelings, maybe um, experiences in the past. If you don't necessarily have an idea, maybe that could somehow trigger an idea that we can implement here and hopefully um, better our installation and try to eliminate these three harmful behaviors within our formations. And I would be remiss if I didn't end the way we started. We mentioned about uh, how much I know both uh, you and I, we've talked offline about how much we enjoy uh, the the resources and uh, the the value of, of Fort Bliss. So uh, so on that note, are there any uh, resources on the installation that you want to give a shout out to? I think absolutely we should um, go to ACS. Um, there's obviously within our units, we have our sharp victim advocates, we have our EO reps, um, and then we also have behavior health. And of course you have your chaplains as well. <laughs> Well, there you go. Shameless plug for the uh, 5th Armor Brigade Unit Ministry Team and uh, Sergeant Pagliana Tanavasa. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for stepping up. And 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 again, as we said, uh, you were nominated by your unit because you are highlighting the uh, the values of Operation Ironclad. And that is a, that is apparent in everything that you do. Um, it's been a great conversation um, with you and, of course, Major Ricky Warren um, from Holistic Fitness. Uh, great conversation. We'll be back um, on future episodes highlighting more about the, uh, the diversity of Team Bliss and the uh, soldiers and units uh, that call Fort Bliss home. It's been a great conversation. Again, I wish uh, all of our listeners a uh, fantastic week ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Uh, makes it easier for people to uh, to find uh, this conversation. Make sure you share it with a, uh, with a battle buddy and uh, a family member because there's value in it for everybody. That's all for us today. Thank you so much.